What up, party people? It's your boy, Tommy G. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tommy G. This is episode one of the No Mercy podcast. This is going to be extremely uncensored to the point of vulgar and disgusting, so make sure you have no children within earshot of these podcasts as you listen to them. We're going to be running this podcast probably two to three times a week, going to be covering a variety of different topics. Early on during the football season, going to be focusing a lot on fantasy football and gambling, having some different guests on uh, throughout the week and throughout the season. This episode is actually featuring my dude, my partner, Jeff Manns, at Jeff underscore Manns, uh, one of the co-owners at guruelite.com, which is the website that you can check out for all our information and packages regarding daily fantasy sports and gambling. Uh, me and Jeff are going to get a little weird on this show. That always happens. So as I said, very uncensored. This is a free podcast. Uh, we're going to be dropping a gambling podcast sometime in the middle of the week with me and Rob, MLB model. And I uh, might even do some stuff with Mad Lab uh, as far as the MMA tip goes. As we go forward, we're going to talk some politics. We'll have some pods that have nothing to do with sports where we're just clowning around and telling stories, stuff about dating. Who knows where this is going to go? But as I said, this is episode one. This was totally unplanned, unscripted, no show planned. But get over to guruelite.com, G-U-R-U-E-L-I-T-E.com. And if you were a seasonal player, get over to fantasyguru.com, our sister site, and check out what they have to offer over there. That's it for the intro. So let's get to the show. Hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. Your boy Tommy G here with my right hand man, the gorilla Jeffrey of Mansville. What up, Jeff? Yo, what's up, Tommy? Uh, it's exciting. I'm pumped up, man. Good to be back with you here on in podcast form, where people don't have to look at our fucking faces. So nice, right? You sound a little raspy. You sound. You sound. You getting over I'm, a little cold there, Jeff? I've been doing some weed uh, lately. You've been doing. You've been doing weed. Uh, Dude, uh, just yeah, by just. Just by you saying doing weed, you can tell how little weed you actually do. All right, it's not weed. It's 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 Crack. with some ibuprofen supplement. Is that okay? <laughs> is that right? Listen, at my advanced age and all the drugs that have been in my body, this is a, that's all I need is some ibuprofen to get me there. It'd be it'd be better if you were injecting it or smoking it, but I'll allow it. Oh, so you're I doing- am. I'm putting it in my ass. I mean, don't get me uh, wrong. I mean, you take your pills all you want. I take them the way I want. You put a lot of shit in your ass, Jeff. Uh, yes. You need to stop putting it so much in your, your body ass. quicker. It's just, it's easy. I mean, I don't care whether you're, you're talking, you want to do some heroin, you want to do aspirin or uh, macaroni and cheese. Penis. You want. It just, it's all goes better up the, up the two hole. We've had, we've had a uh, long talks about this where me and Jeff have been on the phone for hours and you know, I've had to have sit downs in the morning about you not putting so much shit in your ass. So it's, you could just dial that down. That'd be great. I've been doing it less on Periscope lately. So that, that is good. Okay. <laughs> that is good. So what are we going to do? We just to, to let you guys know, we have no show plan and Jeff yeah. is a compulsive over planner <laughs> uh, as someone who's done radio with him for a long time. He yeah, has like long show. He never uses them. He just no. fucking writes them up and talks about whatever the fuck he wants. So I end up yeah. studying these things for no reason. But uh, we just decided we were going to do a kind of week one recap, review, talk a little bit about, you know, how the lineups went. Uh, we posted some Twitter posts and I have some Twitter questions that we'll hit on here. I have some other 
kind of surprise Twitter questions for you, Jeff, from uh, an old post that I posted, oh. Oh. which are not sports related. It's um, oh, good. Yeah, Why? no, not anyway. not at all. They're grimy and dirty and. Mostly oh, talk good. About this is what I'm talking about. See, this is what I'm saying. What yeah. we should really tell them what happened because what happened is we're like we we're on the phone for two and a half hours, and we said, you know, <laughs> why don't why aren't we doing this in front of the audience? Because that's what I think this would be entertaining for people. So now we're just basically replicating what we talked about for two and a half hours. I think. Right. Well, we basically, you know, we yelled at some subscribers over the phone. We yeah. bragged about how great we did this week. And we basically got off and we were like, I think we just recorded a great podcast. And then we were like, all right, let's fucking do it again. So it'll be 100% different, obviously. But we figured we should throw this out here to you guys. We'll try and make this a consistent thing. Uh, Jeff would, but obviously we're dealing with my schedule here. So (laughs) I'm not going to make any fucking promises. So what I can promise you, though, is whenever we do really well, I promise this will happen. If we do really bad, I might just disappear for a little bit. Yeah, just call the hole. Jeff will be here. I'll be gone. I will show up and I'll take yeah. Out the plane. Yeah, I'll fucking be hiding in a hole somewhere because I recommended fucking Sam Darnold and he threw five interceptions. So oh, no. it yeah. would have been good last night. It would have been good last night. The night I didn't have any of them. But uh, so let let's do this. First of all, what we'll do on this pod, we'll talk a little bit about kind of week one review, um, kind of our articles and what went right, what went wrong, where we think we might have just missed on, and what we you know absolutely nailed. Then we'll go into a little bit of kind of takeaways you know, going forward, you know, where some of these things aberrations, where some of these things, you know, consistently going to be a thing going forward. Uh, we'll get to some of these Twitter questions, some lineup stuff. So we'll just fuck around in here and just fucking wing it. So if you're expecting a very professional, well done, organized podcast, <laughs> you're, you're at the wrong place. Wrong so, show, folks. Wrong fucking people. Yeah. Um, so let's just start here, Jeff. So last week, um, I thought last week was fantastic for the subscribers, for us. Um, by the way, guruelite.com sign up if you haven't signed up already but uh i thought we smashed across the board not just me and you but talk first about how how your weekend went yeah it was very good it was a great weekend i mean we planned we did all this foreplay so we're going you know three months of looking at football and going through this shit and you never know because one week is anything can happen i mean it doesn't somebody somebody this week had their best game somebody had their worst game that's just the way it goes. So one week doesn't mean the world, but it's always good to get off to a, a good start. Obviously better than not. So I had a good week. I'm really on the right points, really excited about it. And one of the things like we talked about, Tommy, and I know we're going to talk throughout the podcast about, is that we talked about how important the fades are. Because it's easy to say, I like this guy, I like that guy, that guy, this guy, this guy. And we could list you know, 430 players mm. that we like. But it's, it, you can't use that. You use 9 or 10 in the DFS lineup. So we have to make tough decisions. And even players that we do like, we had to fade. And players we don't like, we had to use. And both you and I had those experiences this week as well. Yeah, I think that's something important. I think a lot of times, like it doesn't matter how you write your article, right? Like when I used to just do like my basically core seven guys or core 12 guys or 15 guys, people used to bitch, well, I'm doing five lineups and you don't have enough people for me to build. Then when I started expanding and doing like the G spot plays, which I normally do in my article, I target the two or three main guys at each position that I'm going to have the highest exposure to, but then I'll rank out like the next 10 running backs below that and, you know, kind of put them in tiers. Here's your GPP option. Here's your cash option, you know, type thing, a chalkier option. Then people bitch that there's too much. So guys, one thing you have to remember when you read the articles, it doesn't matter how many names are in anyone's article throughout the fucking industry, whether it's a Guru Elite, me, Jeff, Jeff Collins, Draft Sheet, whoever the fuck it is, 
if they're ranked with numbers next to them, you can list a thousand. It doesn't matter how many fucking people are listed if you're ranking them in order. So uh, I think I ended up listing probably about 10, 15 people up per position, but highlighted like three or four in red and then put one or two in the G spot. So um, I, I enjoyed this week. I thought it was the first time I was actually well prepared, Jeff, because I'm usually starting DFS football research like Wednesday. Dude, you're in the zone this year, bro. You're, I mean, it's so much different than normal because normally you're up to your eyeballs in MLB and everything else. And, you know, having the extra week or two, I think has made a huge difference for you personally. You know, normally I, I take August off and prepare for football. So I'm usually locked and loaded, but you're, you're on it. You're on it. I think the live stream we did last Friday, I want to talk about on point. I mean, we gave away our core yeah, fours yeah. in that, those lineups. They were spot on. So, yeah, it's good to see, you know, you're, you're ready to go. You hit the ground running well in week one. And most importantly, the subscribers want the screenshots. I mean, oh my God. you guys are listening to this. Just go any social media, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and look. just search Elite Mafia and just see all the screenshots. Go look at what our customers and what our subscribers did. We had people win six figures in week yeah. one, life-changing money already. So it's definitely exciting. And to think that this is just the start, is just very, very exciting to me. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. And I know some people say, well, there's always going to be screenshots because some people are always going to win. I'm telling you, I was going to the bathroom and coming out to 50. Like, I didn't even get a <laughs> yeah. chance to retweet like 90% of them. But uh, yeah, check the hashtag Elite Mafia, as you'll see. The whole sub bait smashed. I mean, whether it was, you know, Jeff with your Breeze, Thomas, what was your core for? You gave out like literally yeah. like, 75% on of the lineup in the chat. On Tommy and I, on our live stream that we do over at GuruLeet.com every single Friday, we do a little thing called the core four, just basically the, the four players we're building around. And the ones I had this week were the Drew Brees-Michael Thomas connection, which obviously, I mean, mm -hmm. never in a million years, I think he's going for 430 and Michael Thomas. By, by the way, Michael Thomas had an 80-yard touchdown call back. Yeah, yes. Yeah, those yards when he fell down, right? When they didn't touch him. Absolutely, and he and no, he didn't get touched, so he it should have counted. So we could add sixty-nine more yards to Michael Thomas. Even James Conner was the running back, and Jordan Reed was the tight end. So yeah, and I built. You know, I didn't do many lineups. I did two lineups total on, or I should say, four lineups total across both sites, um, and they they were fantastic. And that core was in both of them. And I want to say something before the fucking piece of shit trolls start jumping in on it. Because the response is going to be, well, duh, Jeff, Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and no. James Conner. Listen to me. In the tournaments that I was in, I'm looking at the Wildcat tournament that I was in, um, Drew Brees was 9%. Yep. Michael Thomas was 18%. James Conner was only 30. Yes. Right? So, I mean, you're talking about, like, this is the thing that I focused on this week. And it's something that me and you, Jeff, talked about coming into the week. I'm taking a note out of you and Magic Sports Guy and a lot of these guys that go a little bit chalkier but just play the best plays. And a lot of people said in my article this week there was nothing that crazy and outlandish. And it's like, because why? Like, why am I going to take a much worse play when Drew Brees is going to be 9%? Why am I going to go get a 4% guy when I know for 5% I'm going to just take the best play? Michael Thomas was 18%. Like 80% yeah. of the people in your tournament don't have him. If he goes for 40-something, you're, you're basically a winner with that combo. So same with Kamara. So my two plays that I got the most love for, I guess, probably three that were in my core, 
I said I was playing Kenny Stills on pretty much every lineup. Uh, he dropped a 30-burger at like 4K. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders dropped a 30-burger at 5K. And I paired him with Case Keenum, who actually made my main lineup um, at 6% and Kamara. And Kamara sounds like chalk, but I was not getting off it. The one that fucked me, though, Jeff, was Fournette. And it burns the most because you know of anyone that I have been the most anti-Fournette yes. season-long guy since before last year because I studied him in college. I was like, this motherfucker, his leg injuries, it doesn't matter if it's his ankle, his hamstring, his quad, his calf, his knee. He just he can't hold his fucking body for some reason. And I went all in on him week one. And, of course, the one guy I was telling everyone don't draft in the five-hole in seasonal is the guy that I go all in on. And what does he do? He gets hurt in the fucking second quarter. But still scored 200 points with my two main teams with Leonard Fournette in the lineup. So yeah, I can't and you, I mean, that's the thing is, and we talked about it at the outset here, is we, we, there's times you don't like a player, but you have to appreciate the matchup and you have to be able to use them. And the price. Really fantasy football, folks, it's, it's imperative you, you're able to do that. You can't have hostility towards a team or a player or a circumstance because you never know when it's going to be the right thing to do. And if you're not prepared to make the right decision, whether it's fade your favorites or play your enemies, then you're not prepared to win. And that's what we teach our subscribers all the time, every single day, every single week of every single sport, is that you have to make these tough decisions. You recommended Fournette, and the injury really sucked on that. I recommended Christian McCaffrey, who I'm just completely down on this season because it was the right matchup. And McCaffrey did, you know, so-so, neither here nor there. But we both took the plunge on players that we weren't into in the season-long variety. Probably our most hated players. Who? I would say Christian McCaffrey is your most hated player, right? Oh, uh, it's you've it's taken one. some strong stands against McCaffrey. Yeah, but only, here's the re, the reason is I'm just it's just compared to the field, really. You know right. what I mean? And I, I I think I'm more bombastic, and it always makes Mr. me like I'm more angry. But I really I think he's fast as lightning. He's got great lateral quickness. You know, he's got skills, great pass catcher and things. My my thing my thing with McCaffrey is this: is I don't see any way that he expands his role from last year. He had 80 catches over 120 targets a season ago. And if he gets more carries, it's going to come at the direct expense of his targets and receptions. So to me, what he did last year is pretty much what we're going to get on the high side. I also think if they try to give him the ball more early, he would break. Because yes, that's, that's not the- built well, slender shoulders, not a, not a muscular guy up top. And he is six foot tall, so it's like he's got a wide range of where to hit. And I worry about those linebackers and safeties coming up and popping this guy and whether he can hold up or not. So it's one of those things where I don't see a scenario which he gets the ball 200 times on the ground, still somehow catches 80 balls, which is almost impossible, and then also maintains durability during that time. So those three aspects – and if it was the fifth round, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But Right. When he won up to the second round and in, like, the Diamond League, $10,000. First round, he was going in leagues. NFFC, in a $10,000 league, he went seventh overall. Right. And at that point, I'm just like, ah, fuck it. I'm like, you're just fucking nuts. Just, it's too much risk to put into it. So that, that's, that's my whole thing with that. But and I, you're right. And honestly, they didn't bring C.J. Anderson in there to fucking sit on the bench, obviously. He got seven carries compared to McCaffrey's 10. So – they proved it week one. That and they Cam don't stole the goal line like he always yeah. does. Mm-hmm. 
That's yep. another problem is Cam has to have that glory. He has to. And yep. honestly, for his team, they need him to do it. Because if he doesn't, he pouts and whines. So he it's, can't fucking throw. Exactly. If he doesn't get the touchdown, get to do the Superman, he gets in his head. He gets pissed. He gets sulky. I don't see him handing the ball off to anybody on the goal line very much. I mean, you know, once in a while, yes, but man, that dude wants the glory. And that's he does it. Thing. The touchdown upside, I don't see in CMC either. He does it when they when they're already have when he's got two touchdowns in his pocket already. Yeah, then he'll then he'll hand it up. But when they don't have a touchdown yet, you know Cam's fucking going. And I fucking hate Cam Newton. We're not even going to go on that rant. But <laughs> so early on in the season, two of our strong predictions were both you know pretty right so far. Uh, Fournette. Um, not being durable and being a guy you got to worry about. I thought I could at least get a fucking week out of him. Jesus yeah, Christ. Really? Like, give me a fucking week. Couldn't even give me a half. And, of course, Yeldon goes in the box, like, literally 30 seconds after he leaves the game, which yeah. should have been Fournette. So. But, uh, so that stung a little bit. We saw what we saw out of Kamara. Um, it just doesn't matter with this guy. It really doesn't matter how many touches he gets. It doesn't matter how many rushing yards he gets. He's a fucking wide receiver. He's a high-end wide receiver who's just, just an elite super talent. And I wrote in my article – if you're not playing this guy on 50, 60% of your lineups for the first four weeks, you're just, you're just fucking nuts. You're just doing it wrong. So that was expected. Um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, bold prediction, guy who, you know, started to really emerge. And I said he's going to be better than DT. You liked him on the live stream when we were talking about it. Tyreek I, I, I had Sanders ranked ahead of him. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm very big into Sanders. I think he fits with Case Keenum does. The addition of Cortland Sutton let them play a lot more 11 personnel, meaning three receivers on the field. Sanders moved inside. That's Case Keenum loves throwing the middle of the field. A lot of, most quarterbacks like throwing the outsides because they have right. that, that sideline protection. Case, Case Keenum's different. He likes to throw the middle of the field. So that's what he does. And th- that's where Sanders found goodness. He was in that the lineup that I built with Breeze and Thomas also had Emmanuel Sanders, as we both liked him. So um, that, that was a great day. And I can't believe in seasonal leagues I'm stunned at how – I got Sanders almost everywhere. Yeah, I did too. And then in daily, he wasn't even that. What was he used? What was his like? I mean, he was he was used around twenty percent, like yeah. a little higher than I thought. But I mean, I thought at five k, like that was like a lock and load. I had like eighty so Sanders. Yeah. That was that was just fucking insane. I mean, let's let's start at the quarterbacks. We'll kind of buzz through this quick. You know, I'll just rattle through some names. You tell me, you know, who you're high on, who you think was an aberration. We'll start with Fitzpatrick. Obviously, um, I think we could both say that that's not happening again. No, yeah, it's not happening. No, we've but seen how, how close Jets is. fan. You, you, you've lived this life with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He will flash. There's no denying that he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. And if somebody made an argument that he's a top 32, eh, I, I wouldn't fight you on it. You know, he's he's fine. He will have these games, but it's not sustainable, and that's the key. Yeah. So I mean, we're both in the same agreement there. Do you think he's viable? Do you think this is a guy who? I'm not really worried about seasonal too much, but. You know, if he's coming in close to min price, do you think – forget, he's not going to do 430. That's a fucking – No, no. But, I mean, I is, he, was, is he a 270 and two guy, or is he a, you know, 220 with three interceptions guy? Uh, yes, to all of that. He's everything. <laughs> and you don't know what you're going to get. It, it could be literally anything. It's like the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. I think that Fitzpatrick is always interesting in, fa- in fantasy, especially daily because – he does run by the goal line. That's one thing that's right. underappreciated with him is he will move even though he's getting older. The thing about this performance on Sunday was I believe this had more to do with the deficiency in the Saints defense than it did with the Tampa offense. And I would never, never saw it coming. 
I never would have thought that. I'm very high in Marcus Davenport, their first-round pick, a defensive end, who got penalty, uh, bullshit penalty, by the way, but fans the face on Fitzpatrick. What they did, they, they went deep. Deep, 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 and they never stopped going. They never right. stopped throwing deep on the Saints, and the Saints secondary wasn't ready for it. And they obviously found a glitch in that matrix. They exposed it, and they kept hammering it. They never took their foot off the brake. The average we get these numbers that we got this week. The average like twenty yards per completion. You know, they only had twenty-one completions and four hundred seventeen yards. So uh, some other guys at the top of the list: Drew Brees, four thirty-nine; Philip Rivers, four twenty-four. Uh, I think those are expected. We love these guys coming in. Uh, I, I wrote a huge tweet about how I have Phillip Rivers on every seasonal team. I don't understand why everyone fucking overlooks him all the time. Oh. Guy throws for 4,530 touchdowns every year and hasn't missed a game since like 2005. But uh, those two guys we don't need to talk much about. Roethlisberger on the road, obviously, is still a thing. I don't care if he threw for 335. He looked like complete dog shit oh, and terrible. absolute mess. Um, Case Keenum, Andrew Luck, Derek Carr. Those are the next three guys, 329, 319, 303. Um, so I a lot of things I liked out of these three at times, and then a lot of things I didn't like out of these three at times. What's your take? I know you were on the Luck bandwagon last you, week. You know, I, I got the chub for Luck. I'm going to rub my I chub against hate the microphone. Uh, <laughs> I, what I love about Andrew Luck, now listen, I'll, talk, I'll say the bad first. The bad and the truth is that he did not throw the ball deep whatsoever. And the, the you know, 26-yard right. touchdown, I think, to Ebron it was. Nice little loft on that pass and things like that. By the way, by the way, a little, uh, little bat pack for the live stream when everyone yeah. was all over Doyle, me and you talking Ebron touchdown. 100%. <laughs> yes. We fought with our own team about that. About, <laughs> it's like, Jack, listen, Jack Doyle's interesting. Jack Doyle ruined the game. By the way, this whole week is different. Andrew Luck is glorified. He's one of the top stories in the league if – if Jack Doyle hangs on to that football, if Jack Doyle doesn't fumble the ball away, they win that game. I'm positive. Because, and the reason is, I've seen this a hundred times. Andrew Luck's really good. He's just one of those guys, and you know he's good because he's ugly. Ugly yes. quarterbacks are and he's got a big head. great. Brady was better when he was ugly. Like everybody's Peyton Manning. All these guys with horse faces, they always end up because <laughs> well, they don't get dates. They're not on commercials. They're not all up in your videos. You know what I mean? They're just in the playbook, you know, grunting away. And that's all this dude does. He averaged eight yards a pass. He averaged under six per target and still threw for 300 yards. That's how you know you got a quarterback who knows how to run the goddamn offense. So mm. I like Andrew Luck. You're not going to – he doesn't have that, that pop in the arm yet. I hope we see it at some point. I'm still pretty confident in, in him um, even without the arm strength that we've seen from him in the past. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously much more down on him. Uh, he threw the ball 53 times. He completed 40 of them or 39 of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think you need that tremendous volume game to get it from Luck. But, again, it's, if his price stays down and his ownership stays down, no problem with it. As far as the tight end situation, we're kind of fucking around a little bit. Me and Jeff both agreed that Jack Doyle is the number one uh, on Indy. Yep. <clears throat> but we did say, like, he, he got, I think, twice the targets as Ebron. But we did say, just watch. Here's what's going to happen. Ebron's going to score a fucking touchdown and the whole industry is going to fucking shit themselves because they are splitting time. And that was shown so that we were dead on there. Um, Case Keenum, Derek Carr, Derek Carr threw for 300, 29 for 40. Just, I mean, God, the, some of those interceptions were just fucking crushing. So, bad. but so bad. Keenum threw three picks too, but I, I'm just in love with Keenum's weapons. I'm a huge Sutton guy. Yeah. I love Sutton. I love DT, and I really love Emmanuel Sanders. So I think Keenum's going to be good out there in Denver in the right matchups. I don't think that was fluky. 
I don't think he's a 330 and three guy, but I think he's a 250 and two guy at a moderate price weekly where you're just going to play him in matchups where he might get that little uptick. So and remember 250 and two is going to get you 4,000 yards and 32 touchdowns. So that not wrong with being 250 and two. And I, I agree. I, I said it all preseason about case Keenum in this situation for the same reason you said with the weapons around him, Garrett Bowles, a left tackle, Ronald Leary, the left guard, healthy, for Denver, get some protection. They had a running game. We saw that, and we'll talk about it later. But there's a lot of goodness here. And if he – I said at the beginning, if he was a top 12 quarterback at the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I totally not. I mean, I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd forecast him there, but no, I definitely I wouldn't. I, I think I ranked him 16th, 15th, yeah. somewhere along there. But I said, you know, this guy could squeak in the top 12, top 10 even if, if things break right. All right, let's mix in a Twitter question. What is worse, people that say lines instead of lineups or millennials, or is this a trick question because they are the same people? Jeff oh, I love this question. They are the same people. Well, because, <laughs> yeah, because no, no 45-year-old guy's like, hey, bro, you got those quality lines for me? Like, I wouldn't even know how to respond. I would just I would, I would hand him a fucking eight ball, and I'd yeah, be like, yes, I do have quality lines. Really different, yeah. I always do. Adults do, you know, adult lines are way different than millennial lines. And so, yeah, I, I think this is a trick question. I think they're one and the same with, with millennials. I can't imagine anybody over the age of 30 even using the, the, the term lines for lines. I want to I skull fuck anyone that I hear say the term lines in terms of a lineup. Yeah. I, it, it drives me. It, it's worse than the flat brim hat. So, yes, it is the Ooh, millennial. That's a, that's a long-standing oh, thing for you. I can't, I can't deal with lines. I can't. Like when people say, what was the line? No. A line is when you're talking about fucking Las Vegas and a right. spread, or you're talking about fucking cocaine. Yep. Two things that are amazing, gambling and cocaine. Not DFS. That is not well, lines. That is lineups. In, in fairness, I've been known to uh, chop down an, an Adderall and, and yeah, form lines I've, out of that too. So, I, I mean, did, you could did one before we got on air. There's a lot of different things you can do, but yes. You're, I'll allow lines for Adderall too, but yes, no. So it is a trick question. Same it's a fucking sport idiot. Or a uh, or Vegas type term. I, I agree 100%. I don't And get Jeff it. sticks Adderall up his ass too because he loves sticking things the body up. body quicker. I'm telling you guys. You I, use, I, I actually, quick, quick side note, and then we'll get back to quarterback. I uh, probably shouldn't say this on air, but I actually <laughs> stuck a fucking ecstasy pill in my asshole. When I was, <laughs> I swear to fucking God, dude, I was in my raver days. It was the first thing to ever go in my ass outside of suppository when I was four. But I stuck an e-pill. We were at a rave, right? And it, we didn't want it to end. And we had fucking one pill left each. And I was like, you know what? Like, what are we doing? My dude's like, bro, stick it in your ass. I'm like, well, I'm fucking putting shit in my ass. But keep my eyes rolling my face off. And he's like, dude, it lasts like for like an extra seven hours now. I just sat there staring at this little fucking pill going, you're, you're fucking, you're going in my ass, you motherfucker. Like trying to talk <laughs> to myself. To it? And I stuck it in my ass, Jeff. Yeah. And I've never rolled harder in my yeah. entire life than I did after that. I didn't do it again because it felt a little weird, yeah. but, uh, but it, it was a, a fantastic. It call. goes right. And it gets right into the stream. Like, you get right. instant relief when you do that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, by the way, I think we've lost the, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to put PG on this podcast. No, no, we're going to put TG. <laughs> TG. <laughs> this is rated TG. <laughs> TG jam. Tommy uh, guidance some needed. Yeah. So let's get back to football. We're going to keep mixing these in throughout the show. So we keep like you guys that. entertained. That was good right. That was pretty, pretty good one from Twitter. Um, Rogers 
fucking freak show. Amazing. I mean, we got that next group of Rogers, Wilson, Stafford, Brady, Garoppolo. Um, any big takeaways there? I don't have anything huge, a couple of points, but I'll let you go first. No, none of those. I, I think that I, I don't think you talked about that, this guy, but I, we got to hit Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hit him, hit him. That's one of the bigger takeaways. I'll say this. Well, here, here's something. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for more yards than Pat Mahomes. I want to get that out uh, as far as quarterbacks is concerned. I understand less touchdowns and interceptions, but I thought Jimmy G played better than the numbers would suggest. And Deshaun Watson, 50% completion rate, 170 yards against the Patriots team without their defensive coordinator. And now I know Belichick's there, but and he's acting as DC, which probably helps him. But it's not the same guy. I mean, remember, there's all kinds of players that we saw ball out for five straight games. Like I've seen the names you would be you would be dumbfounded at the names that have had five game stretches that were amazing. And that's where Watson is right now. I don't think he's going to be bad. And in fact, when we get to our week two talk, I like him a lot. But man, he's not that guy. And I think that's very important. And we learned it. He, he was that guy in New England last year. He wasn't here in week one. And he's not in 2018. Yeah, I just sent out a tweet, uh, just letting people know. Uh, we're literally 20 minutes into the podcast, and I've spoken about shoving an ecstasy pill up my ass, and Jeff Mans has talked about sticking literally everything in his office up his ass. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> at Jeff underscore Mans, at Tommy G, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, so, so, yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, that's a, that's a solid take. I thought Mahomes' game was, was great. I mean, listen, D.C. had him lock button for our subs, yes. so it made a shit ton of money. Fantastic. Ended up being a great call. Even if he only gets two touchdowns, it's still a great call, 256 and two. Um, when you got Tyreek Hill, that's what's going to happen. Just yep. get him the ball in positions to do something. And if he has that Tyreek Hill game, he's going to drag all boats with him. So um, I wasn't too ecstatic about how Mahomes got everyone else involved, though. That's really worrisome because it, I'm a little wor- – one, one for six or whatever for fucking Kelsey. Yeah. I'm a little worried. He, yep. he only rushed for like 25 yards or something. I'm a little worried that basically – Mahomes is going to be dragged by Tyreek Hill, and if Tyreek Hill has his down games, which he does, then Mahomes is going to come with him, and if he has a big game, Mahomes is going to come with him. But we kind of expected that. But a great call by D.C. there. I think he scored like 250 in his cash game. with Mahomes in it. I'm with you on Garoppolo. Uh, Garcon dropped the touchdown in the end zone. couple bad breaks. Didn't look good. But, again, let's not forget, he was in Minnesota. It's one of the toughest places to play in all of football, so don't knock him for that. Uh, any other quarterbacks here that, that we need to touch on or just keep it moving? Kirk Cousins looked great. Um, I didn't think he needed to do that much. Um, 244 and two, no picks. He, he, he looked good. Nothing, nothing jumping out about, about that, but any no, other quarterback? No, I, no, nothing else. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, Russell Wilson continues to impress even against a tough defense with no freak. other weapons. Yeah. He's he, a freak. He just, he's going to put up some decent numbers one way or another. It's pretty interesting. One other thing about Jimmy G real quick is that Alfred Morris fumble on the goal line. That, that, they could have won the game. Yeah, he doesn't fumble. That game completely yep. changes. Yep. So I was watching it with Mad Lab, who's uh, by the way, Mad Lab MMA. If you guys haven't signed, first of all, if you haven't got, guys haven't signed up for our gambling package, you're fucking insane. Literally, fucking out of your bird, <laughs> stupid. You should be wearing a helmet to work. Insane. This fucking gambling package right now, we dropped the price by like three hundred dollars less than we were gonna do on it. It's right. one ninety nine for the betting VIP, for the whole fucking season, which is 20 weeks. It's like $10 a week. And we have Cheetah, who's literally like the number one college football handicapper in America, who lives in fucking Las Vegas and is in the goddamn chat room all day tweeting live in-game bets and fucking crushing it. 
We have all of us doing our bets around there. Plus, we threw in golf with Golf Man, who's up 100 units, and we threw in Mad Lab in there. So you get Mad Lab's MMA, who literally, I think, his worst card over the last three, he bets every single fight, puts every single fight in. I think he was 11-3 and three last week, 10-2 and two the week before that. Like, literally every week, this dude's hitting like 80% of his bets. So uh, absolutely smashed this week on the gambling package. Our super contest plays are in there. Me, Kevin, and Rob do the super contest entry every year. We finished like 30th out of 3,000 people, top 1%, cast the super contest. That's a $1,500 entry contest in Las Vegas, most prestigious one in America. $1.5 million to first this year. And then everyone said we're going to regress, regress. So what did we do week one? We went undefeated. So yeah, I picked five games against the spread every week. I'm up. I was 10 and four in bets this week in the betting guide. Draft sheet went six and one. Rob went undefeated. I mean, it, like we're fucking just murdering everything. So uh, what get did over I there. do? What was I? Two and two? I think you split. You split. Uh, yeah, you, you were even on that. You had the push on the Denver game, which we should have won. Honestly. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought I won that one. But yeah. me and you won our survivor bets. So me and you were the only two to put survivor bets in. Because everyone else is a fucking dick. And uh, we both had Baltimore in that run survivor there. So just smash. Plus, we do a consensus thing where our whole entire staff, like 10, 15 people, pick every game against the spread, and we put it on one sheet for you guys. So you guys already know about the DFS prowess. You already know we're fucking destroying all that shit. But our gambling package is so fucking cheap. So $199 for all that all year is fucking oh, insane. But uh, yep. back to the grind. Uh, rushing. James Conner. Is this replicable? Is this what we're going to see out of him every week? Uh, I mean, yes. Short answer is yes because it's not thirty carries, a buck forty. Or are we going to see twenty? Like this? Is, I mean, no, nobody sustains this. Remember, Le'Veon Bell averaged one hundred twenty-nine yards per game last year, and he, you know, so if you just factor that in, James Conner waxed waxed him. James Conner outproduced him by a ton based on one game. So obviously, it's not going to be like this every game. But what we are going to see at the end of the year, we're going to get the same numbers because that's what they do. They constantly – we saw it with D'Angelo Williams. We're seeing it with James Conner. The Steelers feed the ball to their running back. And the opportunities there, as long as these guys get opportunities, they're going to produce, all right, if the system's good, you know. And that's what they have in Pittsburgh. It's a factory. So, we, I mean, the, historically we've seen it. Denver running backs, when that they were running hot, didn't matter who – who was there didn't matter the names on the backs of the jerseys. And I think that's the situation here. I'm stunned that Lev Bell didn't report. I really am. After that game, man, they want to shove Connor down everybody's throat. They're, and they're, they, that's what they want. They're, they're clowning Le'Veon Bell for as long as James Connor does anything. So you think there's ever going to throw it on the one? No. 30, 31 carries for Connor. Plus, he had six targets and five catches. So, they did everything in their power to just force the ball to him. The receptions was the thing that's got me hyped up on him. Yeah. Um, five catches, six targets. If he's going to get that Lev or like Lev Light type touches right. out of the backfield, if he's going to see even four targets a game, that really adds to his value because a lot of people were wondering, you know, how involved is he going to be since he wasn't a huge pass catcher in college. But uh, that was a huge sign there, 6700 this week on DraftKings, way too cheap. Uh, Todd Gurley is Todd Gurley. I mean, the fucking guy is literally on the play, on the field every play. They forget about him for, like, usually one quarter out of the four quarters a game. The whole first half they forgot. Yeah, the first half they forgot about him for the whole half. But then in the second half, you're just like, oh, yep, that's why he's the best. So uh, we know what he is. No need to analyze him. A couple guys that, that are some uh, controversial guys here. Saquon Barkley, uh, after the third quarter. 
the whole city of New York was wondering why they drafted him because they're yep. fucking idiots. And then he broke that one run, yep. which outside of that one run, he really did nothing the whole game. And then someone else I want to talk about, Kareem Hunt, and his usage, especially inside the fucking five-yard line. Are we? It doesn't matter who's calling plays over there, basically. They're just never going to give Kareem Hunt the ball to one? I think they will. It, they'll do it eventually. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know. I don't get the gimmick. Here's the thing. <clears throat> it's the analytics that are – Helping teams like the Chiefs. The Chiefs are first on board, believe it or not. Andy Reid, when he went to Kansas City, built an analytics department. Now they've got it in Minnesota and Philadelphia and other places. But um, So they tell you, all right, don't run on the goal line because percentage-wise, it's not a successful play. That's what the Sharps will try to tell you. But it also, they don't factor in the horrific downside, what happens when things when you do a gimmick play and it doesn't work. The, it's catastrophic. It's a pick six. It's a fumble. It's a loss of yards, whatever it is. So they're not factoring that side into it as well. So we're seeing these gimmicks. Sarkeesian did it in Atlanta. Andy Reid did it this weekend for the Kansas City Chiefs. It worked for Kansas City, didn't work for Atlanta. I, I, one element of football that should never change is if you have any, any salt at all up front and you're offensive lineman and you've got a running back that could convert, you give them the damn ball. If you're fourth and if you're first and goal to one, you give it to them the first time. You give it to them the second time. You give it to them the third time. You don't need to get cute, assuming you got the horses up front. So, I think that Kareem Hunt is going to get those goal line carries at times. I do think though that compared to the rest of the league, the Chiefs are going to throw more because they that's what the numbers will tell you to do. Yeah, I, I don't hate it, but if it gets to a point with Andy Reid and them. Uh, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays. It's the same fucking philosophy that they're using no matter who's calling the damn plays. But it gets to a point where the other team is almost expecting you not to run. So it almost would be contrarian to run. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what the fuck they're doing down there. But I agree with you. I'm not overly concerned with Kareem Hunt. Um, All it takes is one pick six. Like that will right. the whole thing. You'll, you'll do one of these things where you do like a, a bubble screen or some weird thing. And all it takes is one corner or a safety just to boom, pounce on the route. And just take it – because you throw an interception on the goal line, it goes all the way back. Right, like it's, it's gone. gone. There's nothing no, back, no there. back there. One move like that, and then they'll, they'll learn their lesson and run more. Hopefully. Um, I was high on Lamar Miller. I bumped him up in the article, uh, moved him up uh, after the Fuller news especially. I think he's going to have a good year with Sean Watson there. Obviously, he didn't have a monster fantasy day, but 20 carries for 98 yards, five yards to carry. you got to love that, um, what you're seeing out of him early. The big question is Adrian Peterson. I've been getting a lot of. Um, is this sustainable? Now you're talking to someone who I think in my preseason guide that I did accidentally, the longest write up in the whole guide for your seasonal draft was Adrian Peterson and how this was a guy who I was in love with that I wanted to target early that I was going to ride for three weeks and trade. So I'm, I'm not surprised. I didn't have much of them. I will admit that, you know, against Arizona, I just wasn't in love with the spot, but 26 carries, 96 yards, a touchdown, three targets, 70 yards in the air, monster fantasy day. Don't worry about the production per se. Is he going to see 25 to 30 touches, 20 to 30 touches on a week-to-week basis? Yes, I think he is. It's a good offensive line. We can't underestimate that. I think what you said in the preseason is on. And I said something similar that he'll give us three, four good weeks. Mm-hmm. And he's got a good matchup coming up against Indianapolis, too. He should yeah. be able to shred them. So this is a guy who's going to produce here early in the season. But at age, what, 32 now? They, I mean, 
you just got to – it's science at a certain point. Can he do this over 16 games? There's no way. He's not going to be able to. It's, it's going to wear down. We saw it last year. He had flashes. Uh, one game in, in New Orleans and then his first game in Arizona. Both times he flashed and then, you know, kind of regressed to the mean, which is what I expect. I, I think he'll give a good run, though. And now that, off, that offensive line will help him sustain it a little bit longer than he did in uh, Arizona last year. Right. A couple guys in Denver, Lindsey Freeman. Uh, Royce Freeman was a guy who everyone was jumping out of their fucking drawers for. He was going as high as the third round in drafts uh, in the preseason. This is before he was even announced a starter. I was telling everyone I didn't want to take him that high. I wasn't as high on him. I was worried about that crowded backfield. Another crowded backfield I was extremely worried about was in Baltimore, uh, where I was off Alex Collins. I was off Barber. I was off Freeman. I, I Dixon, Buck Allen. There's too many backs there. Lindsey now emerging in Denver. Between these two teams, I think this is going to be a little more of a hot hand. There was a point in the game where we thought Royce Freeman got benched, and then he came back in at the end. But Lindsey Freeman and then the Baltimore situation. I don't think Lindsey is sustainable. They have more draft stock. In he looked Denver. good, though, dude. He looked fucking so good. So did Freeman, though. They ran the exact same numbers. I know. And Lindsey was – you expected it out of Freeman. Lindsey looked good. I was like, this motherfucker's popping. Yeah, but here's the thing is they have equity in Royce Freeman. You know, they have something that they have stock in them. So with that, I think Freeman will sustain. I'm not saying Lindsey goes dark, you know, but I, I think that Freeman will get the, the highest percentage of the plays moving forward. And if he does, if he can't, if his pass protection isn't up to par, which it was in the preseason, if he's not catching the football, if he's not running right, then we'll see more Philip Lindsey. But I, I don't, I think this is more of just them not wanting to overuse Freeman than it was with the, a necessary emergence of Lindsay. And don't forget about Devontae Booker. I have a funny feeling he's going to lurk his way in in a game or two coming up over the next couple of weeks. But in watching the game, I thought Freeman was very unimpressive most of the game until the end of the fourth quarter where he had like two 15-yard runs, which really kind of saved his stat line a little bit, mm -hmm. whereas Lindsay was more consistent. But I'm with you. I think it's still Freeman's job. And, you know, he's just, you've got a little more to worry about than you did before with the hot hand approach. Like, this is – one of those situations where you might look at it a little New Englandy, where it's like you better have a good first drive or two, yeah. or else you're going to be in some trouble. So. Oh God, just the thought of New England makes me. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking not fun. Now Baltimore, um, this was again a situation where I love. I mean, and I'll say this about a lot of things, but Alex Collins was things Tommy G invented before he was even anything or anybody. So I love him, absolutely love him. But I said. You, you got Lamar Jackson, who they're going to mix in there, and he had seven carries on the game. Obviously, he got spent a little bit, a tiny bit of time at quarterback. But they're going to work him in on some of these gadget shit. You got Buck Allen, who's a viable back. You got Kenneth Dixon, who everyone seemed to forget existed still. And then you got Alex Collins also. So, I do – I mean, listen, it's easy to say in hindsight after a 13-yard, one-touchdown game, but I said it in the preseason, and I said it before yesterday – I'm fucking scared of this Baltimore running game. I think we're looking at another committee situation here. Well, I mean, the only good thing about it is Kenneth Dixon did hurt his knee and right. he's going to be out for some time. Uh, Buck How long is he out, by the way? I didn't check back up on that. Yeah, Buck, I, they haven't even updated. They didn't, as of this recording, there's no timeline. They just said he's going to be out for, quote, some time. So it's completely up in there with Kenneth Dixon. But Buck Allen is a factor and has been a factor on third downs. He's shown well. Buck Allen's done a good job almost every time he's on the field. So 
they're going to be splitting it around a little bit. That's the way it seems. Alex Collins fumbled, which really yeah, that hurt him. It really ruined his day because they had other goal line opportunities then, and he wasn't in. So the whole thing went sideways on him. I think he he should be okay, but it's not. He's one of those guys, like I just said with Royce Freeman, I like when organizations invest in a running back, even if it's not a high pick. If they drafted you, you have a good chance. If they, this organization brought him in on a cheap deal. He was, he's an also-ran guy. They didn't up him at all this offseason, so there's not, there's not a lot of leeway there with like, that they're going to hold, hold to him. They'll just go with the hot hand. They don't have to put somebody else to save their own face. You know what I mean? And organizations you, do that shit all the time. When, when you start play. benching running backs because they fumbled, that's usually only because you have confidence in the people behind them. Exactly. You know, like you it's all a show them. thing. Yeah. You're right. If, if you didn't have, you know, Lamar Jackson who can take some snaps there, Kenneth Dixon, who I only thought he was going to be out a week or two, but I mean, it might be longer from what you're saying. Um, and then you also have Buck Allen, who I really like is running back back there. The only reason you're benching him is because you go, I trust these other guys, you know? So I, I'm a little bit worried about Alex Collins there. Kenneth Dixon being down for a long period of time would help him tremendously. But two bigger names here, Jeff. I mean, we were both off Rex Burkhead, you know. Yes. He did fine. It's, you know, what do you have, 64 yards or something like that? I just Did he know. even have that many? I think, he, I think he ended up stealing a bunch of yards at the end of the game. I remember he was complete garbage. Wow, okay. Um, I think he ended the game with, like, 64 yards, yeah, which was shocking because I thought he was at, like, fucking nothing at the half. So did uh, I. I, I yeah. thought he was at nothing at the end. I th- yeah, 64. If you would have told me 36 yards for Burkhead. I would have believed 18. Yeah, yeah I would have believed, believed 18 it. if I didn't see it yesterday. Um, but two big names that we got to talk about real quick, and then we'll, we'll pivot over to wide receivers. Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson. Um, not very exciting performances if you were a fantasy owner of either of these guys, and either daily or seasonal. We talked about the lines for both of these guys and how that was going to be an issue going in. But, you know, Zeke. Didn't look great. The thing that worried me the most about Zeke, I had flashbacks because I have Zeke in one of my leagues. Mm-hmm. The thing that scared me the most was when they showed him on the bench when he had that fucking Cam Newton puss face on. Yeah. And I went, oh, yeah, he's a fucking crybaby bitch. Yeah. Like, I think Dallas is going to suck. What happens if this team starts fucking two and six and he just shuts the fuck down mentally because he has that capability? And then David Johnson talked about him, but these two guys are a little worrisome for owners. I think I feel a little bit better about Zeke, to be honest, and not much, just because they still do have a great offensive line. And if, which is a big if, if Travis Frederick, their center, comes back, it could be even better. And I think the matchup obviously was very tough against Carolina, even though Keekley was out of that game a lot. Like that dude, that's Luke Keekley is the next Rob Gronkowski. He's just always fucking. Every time he falls down, the guy's fucking hurt. Every time. And he's so good and he's so important. Like, he's everything that I fucking be. Remember, remember Wedding Crashers when they go, your fucking brother's on the ground again. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about Luke Keekley. Like, what's wrong with him again? He's staring out into space. He's, he's pulling spiders off of him. Like, what's wrong with this fucking guy? Yeah. You know, so he's that worries me. So I, I think Zeke will be okay. I mean, David Johnson's going to be okay too, but he, it was a concern of mine in the beginning. I really, as much as I love David Johnson, I said on the live stream, you could witness this, that mm-hmm. I, no Bruce Arians being in, in Arizona, man, the catches aren't just are, are going to be a form of the offense now. It's not going to be a priority of the offense. Forced in, yeah. 
Yeah, and when they're, they're not for when you're not forcing it, then you're you're you now when you're forcing it, you're Pittsburgh and Love Bell and Connor and D'Angelo. Where you're lining them up in Atlanta. a slot and yeah. Yeah, and, and and stuff like that. When you're not, you're kind of you know uh, I can't think of a good comparison here, but I that guy Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller maybe ish, yeah, you know, somebody like that. Lamar Miller's not a bad one, but it's somebody like that, you know, and it's. And the thing about David Johnson, as much as you might think his performance was okay because he got in the end zone, that whole drive that he that they the, when they finally scored against Washington, he was on the sidelines in a baseball cap. He was done for the day, and then they got inside the goal line, and he or I'm sorry, the red zone, and he had three touches, including the touchdown. So that was a save. He had two extra catches and a carry that got him in. If not for that, those three plays, I mean, you're oh, talking terrible. About what, like eight less, nine less points? If yep. David Johnson only got 17. So it's a concern. The offensive line is terrible. I don't think he's going to be awful. And the fact that they gave him that contract, I think it's a good, good thing. It's going to keep him on the field, keep him going a little bit. So I, I think it's, he'll be okay. But I still – I'd be nervous. He's not the 2016 David Johnson. No. No, I, and I think you gotta be you gotta be careful of that. We're gonna answer the football related Twitter questions too. Um, at the end, we'll take ten minutes because you guys had we'll do a little rapid fire with some of the Twitter questions that you guys asked on the tweets. But uh, I want to get to another um, odd one, oddball, non-sport one, sports-oriented one here. Let me see which one I like because we're gonna sprinkle these in. Uh, which one do we want to go with? Let's go with MLB model who would like to know if you are his biggest MLB model. Uh, there is a question on here. Does MLB model do other sports? Um, yes. He's just a fucking Neanderthal and decided to make his Twitter handle MLB model so that anyone who isn't doing MLB is going to think we have a baseball guy doing football. But, uh, shockingly, he's not as dumb as his Twitter account seems and he's very good at everything. But, uh, MLB model wants to know is Jeff Mann's his biggest Twitter fan. So are you MLB Models' biggest Twitter fan? Considering he has so few, probably. <laughs> I pro it's probably – he probably gets those uh, notifications that says, hey, Jeff Manns liked your tweet because it's somebody – The only important person following him. When you were going to – and this is a true test whether or not he's going to even listen to this podcast. Let's not tell him anything and right. just see if he – but does MLB Model do any sports? <laughs> what do they say other sports like does he do any sports so, i think he just sits and fucking drinks and tweets like fucking takes pictures of his feet shit about matt lauer at the olympics but, <laughs> that was all but time. my favorite That's was won me over oh that was that was the most epic mlb model tweet ever but yeah if you want to see the total like definition of just trailer trash weekend just follow mlb models models twitter account uh, on Saturday nights, and you'll just see like canned Coors Light and fucking canned wine, canned wine, like his canned his white wine too. Like this oh, weirdest dude, I combination. Even, I fucking can't, dude. I can't. I can't even think about it. I have a stomachache. It's fuck, the weirdest life. His, his knee is in every fucking picture. Yeah. Every picture, his knee is in it. But um, or his feet, and or, or his some, feet. some part of his lower body. He's, yes. he's you will never see his face in a picture. But he never face in the picture because he's Wilson from Home Improvement. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite was when this question was actually asked for the first time a month ago. You responded with, fuck you, loser. <laughs> when he said, is Jeff Mann's my biggest Twitter fan? You wrote a gif that Ninja Gate Paul says, fuck you, loser. 
Did I really? Wow, I didn't even know. Yeah, that. yeah, I, I have it. What's like, wrong with me? <laughs> God, I don't know some of the shit I do. That's terrible. Yeah, so uh, so we'll get back here. Let's get back to the show. We'll go to wide. Where are we at on? T- By the way, you hit record, right? I don't think so. Please no, tell I, me you hit record. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, thank God. <laughs> we. The funny thing is, it's, it's this is true. We've done this before. Oh yeah, that's why I'm asking. And legitimately, like, oh yeah, we never hit record. We didn't even record this thing because fucking happens every time this is a normal conversation for you and i yeah no this is this is very little we could do if we didn't record we wouldn't even be mad like most people be like fuck we just killed like an hour of gold we'd be like let's fucking do it again this is every other conversation next time we do a show we'll just tell remember that time we did that and we talked yeah (laughs) fucking well yeah we'll just fucking keep making fun of rob and everything will be fine yeah so uh where are we at on time how deep into this are we do you have any fucking idea i don't know we're probably like oh we're 50 minutes almost an hour already all right good that's good for us keep it tight under three hours so uh, so let's get the wide receiver here so wide receivers a lot of monster wide receiver games 20 wide receivers went for 100 yards this weekend um i think this is going to be a trend going forward We've started to see it. This is a passing league. We talk about it all the time. But um, 20 wide receivers over 100 yards, awesome. The big guys, I mean, I'll name the guys, you know, the top four or five couple in here that were really surprising. But Michael Thomas, number one, 16 for 180 and a touchdown. Jared Cook, buck 80, which was shocking. Uh, Julio Jones went for 170. Tyreek Hill, 170. Mike Evans, 150. Deshaun Jackson, 146. Yeah. And Randall Cobb, 142. So um out of those seven there i mean i'll let you talk about michael thomas i will say even though you were the all-in michael thomas guy week one dfs 100 percent. i had him ranked below keenan allen you had him all in every lineup so but before the season i do have two bets with two different people that michael thomas will actually be a top three wide receiver in the nfl as far as fantasy points and i have a prop on michael thomas i think it was plus 1200 that he will actually lead the league in receiving so i was very happy to see that first day yeah why i got like people, let me ask you the question though why are people why what i don't understand what people don't see in michael thomas what what is it like i don't get it don't is it because the ohio State i guess thing? that he's just he's been like a like a very steady consistent guy but people don't realize the insane upside that's there but uh right here right here hold on and and if you want to fucking call me a liar motherfuckers because i know you will you can go to the Tommy G full service guide, which is under the NFL DFS tab, and you will see most receiving yards. I have a prop. Two people I put props on. One of them was Michael Thomas plus 1,400. So I have a plus 1,400 prop on Michael Thomas. That I gave to the subs, too. So we are winning that after week one. Shut the fucking season down. But Jeff, he was your all in. So talk to me about uh, Thomas and the other guys up there. Well, I, I like to, I mean, we did Thomas. I mean, yeah. I, I don't, there's no, I'll use a terrible pun, no doubting Thomas at this point. Oh, so, I like uh, it. I like it. Uh, Sanders, I like, I'll talk about Randall Cobb because I've, this yeah, is talk, I was going to ask you about Randall Cobb actually because is this guy. fucking real? Yes, it's real. I, I You look at my rank, if you go to guruelite.com and look yeah. at my rankings for the season, I had him as a, a mid tier wide receiver three where people were, you know, and I also had him as a fourth or fifth round value. And I scooped him up in a number of seasonal leagues. The only thing that worried me was if he was going to get traded and also right. the emergence of Jake Kumaro. When Kumaro went down, who I thought the, he was going to be that sort of the new Jordy Nelson, when he hurt that shoulder and went on IR, that meant Cobb staying in Green Bay. I'll take 
Aaron Rodgers, number two receiver, anytime somebody wants to give it to me. So, mm-hmm. plus, contract year. He's not going to stay in Green Bay, which is one of the which reasons. Which means he's doing steroids. That's what, By the way, for, for those of you that don't know, in Tommy G's world, contract year does not mean try harder. It means um, juicing. So steroids. just yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, or put Adderall up your ass. Like, one or, or whatever it takes. Genius. Whatever it takes to do. Maybe he's doing that Frank Thomas boner pill thing. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Nugenics. Or, like, Gary Coleman's forearm here. Um, Cobb is, Cobb's good, man. And that listen, Rodgers played an amazing game. Him coming back from the injury. All that is yeah, well and good. All time Matt Cobb won the game. 75-yard touchdown run. That's what, yep. he, that's what happened. Not Aaron Rodgers was miraculous. He threw a pass. Cobb broke three tackles and outran everybody in Chicago. Oh, you always downplay him. Aaron Rodgers was miraculous. What was – the fuck it. Dude, that was all time. That was far father dying type good. No, it was Yes, bad. dude. Dude, you could see on his release his leg wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not doubting he that at all. fucking took him th- – epic, 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 epic. That was literally going to go down as one of the top three moments in Aaron Rodgers' career. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, aided, aided by Randall Cobb, for sure. Yeah, poor, I mean, but I have a funny feeling that 75 yards. Listen, Aaron Rodgers barely had 200 yards passing in that game before that. Talk. It sucked at the beginning. That's what made it so much better. Exactly. Right? So that – I mean, yeah, it was – It was the narrative is great. Or not even narrative. It's the, the story is great. But Randall Cobb made it happen. And I think that – don't think for a minute that Aaron Rodgers is going to forget that. That means right. he's going to get fed more and more and more for pulling that one out. So I'm a big Randall Cobb guy. Love what he did there. I think it is sustainable. So um, you know, buy in while he's still cheap, folks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I I love Randall Cobb. I just didn't. I was so worried about the – I got caught up in the narrative of the trade talks and how they were so vocal about it publicly. You know, just like, yeah, we're trying to trade this motherfucker. No one wants him. You know, like it was – it was seemed very contentious. So I was worried about that. I think Jake Kumaro will be the guy – if and when he were ever to come back. But at this point, that's, that ship has sailed for 2018. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Geronimo Allison, too. I have him in a lot of my leagues, um, just like his skill set. Obviously, he doesn't play the same position as Cobb um, you know, on the field. They both play wide receiver, but I like Allison a lot. Uh, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Jared Cook, three of the biggest wide receivers slash tight ends in the league, uh, just balling out here. I'll leave Jared Cook for the tight end department. Yeah. So we'll go to him in the next sectional, even though he was the leading receiver in the NFL this week with Michael Thomas. But Julio Jones, I mean, it's Julio Jones. Like, this is – no one should be fucking surprised. Tyreek Hill, it's fucking Tyreek Hill. He's, he's going to do this on occasion. I think he's going to do it more often than not. But Mike Evans is the one that I'm wondering, uh, am I wrong on him? Is he going to have that big year? I fucking hate – I like Mike Evans as a person. I hate him in fantasy. Guy had one 100-yard game, I think, of his last, like, 19 games in the NFL before this week. But is Fitzpatrick an upgrade to Mike Evans? No, he's, he's not. Shouldn't be, you. right? Uh, because Jameis Winston, the thing about Jameis Winston that keeps him from being a stellar quarterback is he's got tunnel vision. He can't make reads. He's a very lazy quarterback when it comes to making progressions and reads. He gets fixated and believes his, his arm talent can make every throw. And it simply can't. And – Thus, you get you get Mike Evans a ton of targets, and you get the tight ends, whether it be Brait and or Howard. That's the only direction the ball goes when Jameis Winston's on the field. So it benefits Mike Evans to have Winston on the field. I think Fitzpatrick spreads it around more, and you know against the Saints, 
He was able to get loose. He got the long touchdown catch, all that, you know, good stuff. But if Fitzpatrick were there throughout the course of the season, I think the volume goes down. We already know he's, he's not a good catch rate guy, always you know, around 50%, which is tragically bad for wide receiver. And we're all and the target rate's going to go down. And then the run, yards after the catch will go down. So, it, or yards after catch never is there. It was in that right. long play on Saturday or on Sunday. I mean, Sunday. listen, you catch a bomb, that's, that's – Exactly. You know. So then you got home free. But I don't think it's going to be good. So I, I think Evans um, – I think it's going to be right around that second to third round where he was going in drafts. I don't think you want to play him in DFS every single week, though. I think he's a guy who's going to be very hit and miss. If Winston comes back, then I'm going to be more likely to play Evans. All right. Deshaun Jackson caught a bomb, caught a 60-yard touchdown. You know, you, But, I mean, still, still was a lot more involved than I fucking thought he would be. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I, I think this whole Tampa Bay offense, you just got to give it another week. I don't think you can make any – I think it's insane and irresponsible to make a strong case that anything that happened to Tampa this week was anything outside of an outlier. But at the same token, you can't just dismiss it. You can't just dismiss Jackson and Evans and Fitz and guys like that. So we got to give it another week there before we really dive in with some. We'll see. If they do it against Philly this week, right? That's what I'm saying. If then they, if, I'll believe. I'll if they believe. even have a good week, if Fitz yeah. goes for two seventy and two and two picks and Mike Evans has 80 yards and Deshaun Jackson has sex 65, 70, then I get some real fucking stole searching to do. But, you know, until I see that, I'm not worrying about anything. One of the receivers kind of jumped out at you here. I mean, I was a big Landry guy coming in. I was a big Stills guy coming in, big Emmanuel Sanders guy, and a huge Juju Schuster guy to the point where I said Antonio Brown would have to fall to like the eighth or ninth pick for me to consider him in season-long drafts strictly because of Juju. I think Juju's that fucking good and that fucking dominant. Um, and we saw a big performance out of him. But who else, who else jumped out at you here on the wide receiver side? Anyone that you really need to focus on or any good calls, bad calls? Um, calls. Uh, Philip Dorsett for the Patriots just because once you get into Tom Brady's trust tree, it's a real good special place to be. And you could be viable considering – He's going to be low priced for a number of weeks. He's probably still free agent in most leagues. A guy like Philip Dorsett, not going to catch a touchdown every week, but those seven targets in New England, that's a startable player on a regular basis. So I think that's something that jumps out. I wasn't on him this week. I was talking him up in the preseason, but I you know, wasn't a target of mine necessarily. So a guy like that I'm very intrigued by. I was high on A.J. Green going into the week. He went six for 92-1. and one. Solid week out of A.J. Green. I thought he could do a little bit better against this Colts secondary, but um, Dalton didn't really let it fly much. Joe Mixon had a ton of work there. So uh, those players, I think Cole Beasley getting the targets. You know, we looked at – there were su- several situations. Miami, you hit the nuts. Mm-hmm. I was wrong on Danny Amendola. I thought Amendola was going to get a bunch of those targets. It did early on, and then we had 15 weather delays. Which, by the yeah, way, let's, let's not forget. I, I mean, I got to take a little. Let's not forget that Kenny Stills did have like 70% of his yards on one play. Yeah. So, but, I mean, at the same token, that's what Kenny Stills does. Yeah, he's a big play he's, guy. He's, right. So, I mean, you know, that's what you're expecting. I liked – I was more happy that – I basically wiped that whole game out, Jeff, oh. because it literally took six hours. They were stopping and starting. There was a messy field. There was rain. There was wind. There was lightning delays. It was just a complete shit show. So the, th- the big takeaway from Stills for me was, one, they looked deep and hit him deep, which was nice. 
But I liked it that he had that, what, one or two-yard touchdown to start the game, too, that they were looking for him inside the five. So I'm really high on him long-term going forward in both parties. But even – you were going to say something about that game, too, but you kind of got to throw a lot of stuff that happened in that game out because the circumstances under which they played was just – you know, they didn't even have a halftime. Like, they didn't even go to half. They just no. started the second half. Six-minute so. break for Very a odd game. Dude, yeah. well, why – come on. I don't – listen, I know I'm going to sound like a, a bastard. I don't wish anybody harm. But give me a fucking break. Like, you're going to – six hours of worrying about lightning. Get this. Here's a, here's a move, everybody. Lightning's either going to strike or it's not. And guess – you have no idea if it's going to strike you or not. Nobody knows. So don't give me this bullshit that you can't play or be outside when, because lightning may hit you. It's not going to hit you. It's not going <laughs> to hit you. Good though. There's a reason we've said for since I've been born a phrase like, oh, lightning, you know, you have a better chance of getting struck by lightning. Why do we say it? Because you don't have a chance to get struck by lightning. <laughs> so why do you have to go inside? It's a most, this is a, the pussification of the world. Football never used to have this, ever. I don't remember the first 35 years of my life seeing one weather delay ever. And I lived in Chicago. I used to go to Soldier Field all the time. I don't recall one. Now, every week, we got a, oh, it's rainy. No, it's rainy. No, safety of people. Safety of people. What is there? 30,000 people are all going to get struck by lightning. Are you kidding? This can't be real. It only takes one, Jeffrey. It only takes one. Yeah, and then the one, that's... Darwin we spent, we spent, we spent 30 did. years not worrying about brain damage and concussions, but we got to make sure we watch out for lightning. Oh, and then, yeah, oh, here's my favorite. I'll use a comparison. How about what the Carolina Panthers did to Daryl Williams? Daryl Williams, three weeks ago, tore his MCL parsley and dislocated his kneecap. And then he was, he was going on IR. He's out for the season, they were saying. Then their left tackle, Matt Khalil, has back surgery or some shit. He's out for the year. Guess who's back in practice the week before? Daryl Williams. They mm -hmm. put him out there. They strung that dude out. He played like 11, 12 snaps, tore his knee completely apart. He's on injury reserve out for the year again. That is the NFL not giving a fuck about yep. players or safety or anything. Not, oh, we got to be inside for the lightning. No. Be inside for the lightning. They could prolong the game and sell more ads. It's all bullshit. That's all they fucking care about. God. Let's get to another. Uh, let's get to another fuck Mary kill question here. Um, the first one. So this was a fuck Mary kill Goodell. question. This was aimed at me. Okay. So your name is in it. So we'll both answer it separately. I'm gonna replace my name with your name um, when I ask you because you're not gonna fuck Mary or kill yourself. So no, I would dra draft cheat. All right. So this is the question. Guru eat fuck Mary kill draft cheat. I'll put Tommy G. Or Ted Schuster's right hand after an all-you-can-eat rib night at Sizzler. <laughs> Which would you fuck? Which would you marry? Which would you kill? <laughs> Draft G, Tommy G, or Ted Schuster's right hand after an all-you-can-eat rib night at Sizzler? <laughs> so wait, so I'm just getting... You gotta fuck one, hand. you gotta marry one, you gotta kill one. You're not getting... You can, you can just have all of Schuster if you want, but you're getting... To, let's, let's amend this. You're getting Ted Schuster, but he permanently has a right hand filled with rib sauce from Sizzler. I do like rib sauce from Sizzler, but... 
And then when you lick it off, it comes right back on, like the fucking Terminator morphs right back into it. It's fantastic, by the way, like a Winnie the Pooh uh, honey jar or something. Yes, it's just never ending. Perpetually full. Yes. Um, Tommy G, Ted Schuster with a smelly hand. (laughs) I feel like I'm already kind of married to both you and Ted. I would say, I guess I'll marry Ted because it's it's just that we already are. (laughs) So uh, I guess I'm going to F Tommy G. And I'm nice. definitely going to kill DC just because I want to kill DC. <laughs> like that's, that's. I think DC is like an auto kill on every list. Yes, it's, it's just so easy to do. Although eliminating him does eliminate his Twitter, and that's that is gold at draft cheat. That is. God, that, that I, is I might have to f DC and kill. You Tom. can kill me, considering I'm probably going to die of AIDS in the next three years anyway. So I'm probably going to have to kill you then, because I can't live without me. DC's Twitter. You can kill me. I'm fine I with it. Our friends, I, I, I just, tell you to kill yourself every day. <laughs> I know. And then if I say it in a chat room, someone goes, do you know what the suicide rates are amongst millennials? And shut up. Fucking good. Oh my I, I wish it was God. higher. Really? Losers. Oh, Stop being so fucking sensitive, little bitches. Who let words hurt you? Fucking I know. How weak do you have Seriously. to be to let what words world? hurt you? The suicide rate amongst millennials is really high, so you should be good. Good. Go, I hope this fucking comment made you jump. <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking little bitch, snowflake, fuck. Fucking dive off a bridge. Dive off. Fucking getting yelled at by my own I people. Friend, my own I, I started actually, my own company, Jeff, so I didn't have to fucking listen to anyone tell me what to fucking do or kick me off the goddamn radio or fucking fire me from my job. And I got my own fucking subscribers who know who the fuck I am and how I talk bitching at me. This was a war, Jeff. This was like people wanted to cancel and wanted an apology. I was like, fuck you. No, this is how I talk. I don't mean it. It's fucking hyperbole, joking around. Ed Dilworth, my boy, Eddie Motts, got on a fucking plane to fly cross country three weeks ago. And as he was on the plane, he goes, I got to get off. You know, when plane's about to take off. And I go, I hope you crash into a fucking mountain. Yeah. That was the last thing I said to him. Yeah. And then everyone's like, what would, I was with uh, some girl I was talking to. She's like, what would you do if that actually happened? I'm like, I would gladly sacrifice his life for knowledge of my powers. If I had the power to fucking kill someone with my words, yeah. like, sorry, Ed, fucking love you. You're out. You too, fucking Bin Laden and Hitler and fucking everyone else. You're all dead. It, it, you, you have texted that same thing to me every single time. Every I said, hey, man, all right, I got to turn off my phone. I'm, oh, you got, I hope it hits the mountain. Yeah, I, I told that. I hope it hits the mountain. You actually escaped the plane. From, I told him this another time. No, you that escaped. was me you told me. Oh, this. no, this was you. This was you, yes. Yes, you it's me. You plane through the emergency door. Yes. And then you make it to the ground and you survive. And then as you get up to celebrate, the plane lands on your fucking head and kills you. Yes, the rest of the plane. <laughs> yes. After you survived. That was you, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I forgot. So uh, your fuck, Mary kill list there? <laughs> I guess I'm marrying Ted's hand of barbecue sauce. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm marrying DC. Would you have him jerk you off with the barbecue sauce? Oh, hand? 100%. Right, that's, yeah. that's lube the, it up. Lube it up. That's the whole thing. Yeah, barbecue sauce lube is just too great. Right. And then uh, I'm going to kill Tommy because he's going to die anyway. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So for me, fuck, marry, kill. Oh, see, initially with the question, it was Ted Schuster's right hand only. So I was like, I'm going to fucking kill Ted's hand. Like, that's easy. Like, Ted can still survive without a hand. Um, I, DC's tough because he falls into the fucking kill category only. You know, draft sheet is definitely not in the marry category because he's right. Nobody he's 25 wants to years old and he lives in his fucking mom's basement. Yeah. So, you know, hot pockets are his delicacy. So he definitely doesn't have any homemaker skills. Um, he's obviously fucking annoying as shit. So... 
I, 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 but I don't want him to die. Like, I feel like we're, we're kindred spirits. So I'd probably, I can't kill Ted. I'm probably, no, I can't kill you either because you're the optimal wife. I guess I'm going to kill DC. Like, I'm going to fucking kill DC. Um, I'm going to miss it. Um, but I got to murder him. I'm probably going to fuck Ted Schuster's right hand just because, I, I don't know, I, he's got this me horny. I was reading it. Like, I'm just thinking, like, barbecue sauce, like, yeah, I don't know. It kind of turned me on a little bit. So I'm probably going to fuck Ted Schuster because I don't want him to die because he's nicer than DC even though he's an asshole. And you are just the nut husband. I mean, <laughs> there's no fucking doubt. Like, you are clean. You are organized. You don't have a hair on your fucking body. I could literally, like, you don't even, to the outside of the hair on your, you don't even have eyebrows. I don't That's have eyebrows. That's how little hair you have. You just have hair on your head. Don't yeah. even have eyebrows. I can see your ass being, like, baby white and fucking perfect. So I could imagine that if I got to sleep with a dude for the rest of my life, like, I could turn you over and feel like a big woman, like a WNBA player. So... Yo, I know you'll keep the house clean. You already, you're great with kids. I probably get a couple of kids in the mix. I love your kids. So you're fucking, dude, I, I'm fucking you in the ass forever, baby. You're my wife. I'm wiping you to fuck good. up. This has become very uncomfortable. Wiping you to fuck up, Jeff. Tight end position. Speaking of ends, let's get to the tight end. Tight ends. So which tight ends jumped off the page? Oh my God. Week, By Jeff? the way, is this a bad time to bring up somebody yelling at us on Twitter about changing the package because they're mad because DFS doesn't have a waiver article? <laughs> Dude, I just I just asked what the discount was for the someone just tweeted me what's the discount for the gambling package after I went on a whole rant about how the fucking gambling package is too cheap. But uh, anyway, tight end oh. position. So tight end. Uh, I'm dying. Jared Cook. I want to get to Jared Cook now. Nine catches, 180 yards. It looks like they're finally going to utilize this monstrous weapon, which we've all been waiting for for years. Or was it an aberration and just a one-game thing, and he's going to go back in the four for 40 zone? Aberration. Yeah. I, the reason I think that is there's too, much, there, too many good cornerbacks. It's a funnel defense. Everything's in the middle of the field, away from the corners on L.A. I believe that's what Gruden – that was the goal. And I've been down this path with Jared Cook in Tennessee, in Green Bay – you know, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. I, I don't see it happening. And I don't, I don't think it's uh, for one, it's just when you look in projections and how many yards and catches you think he's going to have all year and you, you add this game in, I mean, if you think he's going to do anything decent, even like five for 50, the rest of the way going to have 900 yards. I can't even imagine a, a year in which Jared Cook has 900 yards. So I'm going to say it's an aberration. I'm going to stay away. I need to see it again. Even like the ideal situation is he doesn't even produce. Just give me the targets again and I'll buy in. Right. But I don't think this happens again the whole season. I, no, not 180. But I'm saying is this no, going to be – No, of course not. Is he a I'm six talking half, for, is, half is those he a, numbers. Is he a I, six for 80 with red zone looks guy? I don't think he will have half the numbers he did. So four for 90, let's say. Right. I don't Four and a half for 90. I don't think he hits those numbers the rest of the year in any one game. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, I'm not going to go that far. I will say that, I mean, I, I want to believe it because the dude's a physical freak, and I feel he like he should get the ball more, and everyone around him sucks, you know? So it's like, you know, you got Seth Roberts and Amari Cooper and a bunch of guys who fucking, you know, are just whatever. So I want to believe it. I think I'm in between you and what happened. I think he's a guy I'm picking up in seasonal. 3,600 next week on DraftKings. He might be 105% owned. So, uh, so that's something to keep your eye on there. But uh, I, I got to see it another time or two before I start 
really believe in it. I think I'm with you on that. I mean, we got Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey. Kelsey's the guy we got to talk about, I guess. Yeah. Like, is this – I mean, I know you're not a huge Mahomes guy from a fantasy perspective on the aerial attack here, but is this – we have to worry about Kelsey's season, one for six, six targets, one catch for six yards? Yes, we have to worry about it because it's the nature of the quarterback and how the quarterback – listen, they'll, they'll still – Kelsey will be fine. Like, you know, it's not going to go like this. It's just going to be more spread out. We saw it with Alex Smith this week again in Washington in a blowout. And Jordan Reed didn't even – he played half of the ball game. And they didn't even need to throw to him. So – and he still got a touchdown and what, four for 60 or some shit like that. So, Alex Smith is fixated. He, Alex Smith – remember we talked about throwing to the middle of the field like Case Keenum earlier? Mm -hmm. Same thing with Alex Smith. He loves targeting. The, he doesn't believe in his arm to get to the outside. So even, even Tyreek and everything, you notice everything was middle of the field, middle of the field, middle of the field with Alex Smith. And that's, that's where Kelsey lived, and that's why he rang up some such huge numbers. So I think they're, Mahomes being able to throw the ball, make different throws, gun it to the outside, has a fascination with big plays too. I, I think this is going to hurt Kelsey to a degree. Now, I, is he going to drop out of the top five of tight ends? I don't think so. I think he does. It's possible. I, I don't. I think he definitely does. I think he definitely does. How I mean, far I, do you think he drops? I think he's like seven. Um, I put Gronk over him. I put Ertz over him. Obviously, we have Olsen, who's dead again. So we're going to take him out. Um, Delaney Walker's dead again. I guess with Olsen and Delaney out, it's probably right there. But I think Jared Cook, I think, oh, no. and, and I'm telling you, dude, I think Kelsey is going to really struggle with Mahomes. I think these kind of three for 30 games. I know it was one for six this game. I think these are going to be a bit more normal than people think uh, with Mahomes running this ship. I love George Kittle. Um, I, I probably put him at like five, six, but that's only because Olsen and Delaney are out. If you had Olsen and Delaney fully healthy, I'd probably have him at seven. I'm so thankful that I invested in a healthy tight end this year like Jordan Reed. <laughs> how crazy is that right I can't Dude, believe how like, amazing is it that they got like three injured tight ends this week and none of them were Jordan none Reed. of them were Jordan Reed none of them breathtaking so um I think yeah I mean I, I wouldn't put him down that far I think it definitely thins the pool having uh no Delaney now you know I, I think that's the Jack Doyle let's face it Jack Doyle I think four or five of his targets yeah. came on the final drive of the game where he fumbled too so I think that his numbers might level out a little bit too. So there's a lot of things. I, I got, I got that. I got that cook boner, man. I, I, I just, maybe I'm just biased because I've wanted it to happen for so long, but that Jared Cook. I boner, did back in the day. Uh, I really did. Even, I, and I forgave him and I bought in in green Bay and I fucking, I got burned again. Oh, and I, I said never again. I know I'm forgetting and joke my boy. I have him being top five tight end this year. Oh, okay. um, I think he would benefit from Baker Mayfield being in there, but I don't really count that first game too much. I'm not worried about it. I will be the first to say, and he's things Tommy G invented. I actually played him last year at 0.01%, and he scored a touchdown um, when no one was playing him at all. Joku? Yeah, he literally had like one catch for one yard and a touchdown, and it was on like the first drive. And Twitter <laughs> was blowing up, Tommy Genius, like, and then he did nothing the rest of the game. But I love him. Dude, I, I'm not disappointed with the three for 13. He had seven targets. It was some pretty shitty weather. Tyrod Taylor looked like complete dog shit. Dude, um, you know, Pittsburgh isn't a team that you actually target with the tight end. So, you know, I'm still on the Njoku train. I'm not jumping off that. I still think he's going to be pretty elite this year. 
um, as the season goes on. And we've seen Tyrod, you know, do well with Charles Clay, right? Like, so it's not that Tyrod is afraid to go to the tight end or should hurt a tight end, uh, even though he's not a great passer. Can I give you a sneaky peeky guy for next week? Sneaky peeky. Get it. Ricky Seals Jones. I like it because I think he was kind of like the sexy, sharp play this week, and everyone got fucked by him. Yep. So I don't think anyone's going back there. He had six targets. He played 92% of snaps on defense, and he's got the Rams next week, which is the exact matchup Jared Cook went off on. I think that if they look at the textbook and what worked against this Rams defense yesterday, end, I think Ricky Seals-Jones getting all those snaps was pretty surprising because he was a part-time player a year ago. He's going to play full-time in next week's matchup. I, I, I really like it a lot. Their linebackers need some work over there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they don't have – they have the safeties only. They, they don't have, have linebackers yeah. that can cover. They don't. The yeah. yeah. They don't have safeties that can really cover a big guy at least. Yeah. So, that should be a matchup. Defensively, um, it's a week-to-week basis. We know who the studies are. The Ravens in the right spot. Jacksonville's proven it again. Cleveland, I said, that wasn't just a play because they were mid-price. I think Cleveland is a good D. You're not going to go near them um, at all against New Orleans. In New Orleans, I don't think, this week. No. But, uh, but I like what I'm seeing out of that front for, for Cleveland. Um, that, like I said, Miles Garrett's an animal. Miles Garrett is just a freak of fucking nature. Jesus. So, crazy. You know, when, you look, when you're looking at them in a good spot at 2K, um, that's always something to look at. We don't need to go too deep into fucking defenses or anything. And thank God both sides got rid of the kicker. So uh, let's do this real quick. Where are we at on time? Uh, we got an hour and 20 minutes right now. All right. We got 10 minutes. Look at us, bro. I know. We got, some fu- we got the whole recap. We got to brag a little bit about how fucking awesome we are. We got a little gambling plug in there. Sign up for the gambling package, guruelite.com forward slash subscribe. Uh, I think it's backslash. Uh, we got a little anal talk. We, we cursed yeah. off some millennials. We talked about fucking each other. And now we're going to get to the Twitter question. So we're going to rapid fire these, right? So Day in the life. All right. So let's see. Uh, we'll try and make these quick. So I'm going to start with the longest one. I would remind people on contest selection, week one scoring through the roof due to pricing, which is true. Yeah. It could be easy for someone to take it the wrong way. A good reminder, 3X is plush in a small field GPP. So it's not really a question, it's a comment. But I will say this. A lot of people scored 190 this week and lost. And a lot of people are going to score 168 next week and win a GPP. So yeah. should people react? Is this the new NFL? Is this just what we're seeing? Or was this week an aberration with 300-something winning the million maker? An aberration. It's not gonna. It's not, it's not this easy. It's not that easy to score that many points. I was telling our subscribers in our chat room, which by the way we hang out in all the time, constant access to us. We're on the clock, so I was telling them, man, you, you can't be disappointed. You scored 150, 160 points. Still, there's nothing wrong with the lineup. There's really not. I mean, that's that's a lot of points you rang up. It's just this week the pricing was so incredibly soft because they put it out a month before to gain interest and mm-hmm. everything else. So it wasn't sharp pricing that, that you know, we had all these running backs. And some chalk hit. I mean, you know, let's be honest, some chalk hit. Yeah. Ex- and the chalk hit. Exactly. And these are three things that aren't normal. So somebody asked me, Tommy, the other day, cause I always have the, on FanDuel, like for cash games, I have 120 points. That's what I'm going for. And the same mm-hmm. thing on DraftKings, but it's a two and a half X instead of a two X. On FanDuel, it's nice and easy, two extra turns. So what did the kicker, losing the kicker, do and gaining a flex? Do we have to up that point? And I said, not really. I'm not really, no. Because yeah. the, uh, we always thought a kicker was going to put up about 10 points. And Seven, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, eight to ten is what where my goal was every single week. If we get you that, might up we, at a few points. You're up at three, four points, maybe. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So like one twenty four, one twenty five. That's a fair value to hit. That's a fair goal to sort of target to acquire. I don't think we have to do anything drastic though to our lineup builds. Okay, I agree. Um, this these weeks happen. They usually happen early on in the season. Uh, then you start to see it die down, especially as the weather starts to come into play throughout the season. But uh, no, I mean, this was a lot of mispriced guys. You know, when you got James Conner, who's on half the lineup scoring 39 points and the big names like Breeze and Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen and, you know, all these guys that and underpriced Emmanuel Sanders, you know, Browns D at 2K blowing up. You're going to have that. So, no, I, I wouldn't adjust to it. Uh, MLB model would like me to touch on when he hit the biker with his door in New York City. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. That, yeah, was the, so, that was one of the funniest moments of my life. That's top. No, it's one of the best moments of your life. Not even funniest. Because Jeff hates bicyclists. We've gone on huge rants. This is supposed to be the rapid fire section, but the story needs to be told. Um, we, go, we go on huge rants on the radio when we were doing it together about how Jeff hates bicyclists. And I'll just call Jeff at like fucking midnight randomly just to shoot shit because I'm drunk and he's drinking bourbon and I'm drinking bourbon. And I'll be like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm watching bike bicycle crashes on YouTube. Oh, like, that's that's literally something he does, like, we would watch Hard Knocks. Yes. So, yes. Um, so we're in New York City. MLB model, Rob, is in the backseat of the car. Me and Jeff are in the backseat of the Uber, too, or taxi. And MLB model opens the door in New York because he's a fucking knucklehead. He doesn't realize he's in New York City and not fucking Charlotte, North Such Carolina. Such a country bumpkin, man. Right, country bumpkin fuck. Opens the door, like, in the middle of traffic, and a bicyclist, he just fucking timed it perfect. Oh. Walked the dude into the car, and the dude went flying off his Boom. bike. And Jeff just fucking started dying. I fell on the ground. It was like Madison and dude, the, Avenue. And I fell on the ground rolling. I was laughing. The funniest part of the whole thing was, I think Rob was like, oh, God, am I going to get in trouble from the cab driver? Is this guy going to sue me? The bicyclist just looks over, throws the middle finger up, drives off. And the driver was just like, that'll be $12, guys. Like, no one even flinched like it was normal. So, uh, yeah, oh. so that, was, that was the highlight of our trip. Um, here's a question that got a couple of responses to it. Can we fade obvious value plays like Connor in amazing spots like Kamara and B plus EV, or do we have to relook at the older game theory and instead look at differentiating our lineup through lower owned plays? Pair good chocolate. Who asked this All question? Right. Jeff Collins? I don't know. It's really long. It's really long, and it's I'm drunk. I'm like fucking five drinks in right now. That's why I was talking about aspect. F Mary Kill is a lot easier. So I guess can we fade the obvious plays like Connor um, or amazing spots like Kamara and still be plus EV? Yeah. Um, I. I'll, I'll take this first, Jeff, just because yeah. this is a change in my it's game. It's wheelhouse, yes. Right, and this is a change in my game. I have, and even week one, I still did. I went into week one, wrote in my article, don't fade Connor. I'm going to fade him a lot because I'm a fucking psychopath. Do as I say, not as I do, right? And I still had Kamara in, um, I'm sorry, Connor, in one or two of my main, th one of my main three lineups, which was my best lineup, actually. Um, I'm getting away from doing that. I'm not fading obvious great spot chalk as much as I used to. Um, I, I guess it's the baseball mentality for me. It's a flaw of mine. It's hurt me in the past, and I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to just try and play the best plays, and if I know I'm going to have a Connor in there at 40% and a Kamara at 37%, I'm going to play them, and I'll try and get weird with a wide receiver or try and get weird with a pairing quarterback wide receiver. I'll do something else to get off uber chalk, but – that's one of the things I'm trying to do less this year, Jeff, is fade those guys. And I think that's a good idea. It, you got to be 
is a G, you're a GPP player. I'm more of a cash game player. Cash so I'll player. Feed, right. I'll feed into the or to the the obvious plays. I almost I want as many obvious plays as possible. I'll be different just because I I think differently in some spots, maybe one or two, which is where I differentiate myself from other people. But in GPP, you got to be different. But I think when you're different on every single element, you expose yourself to a lot of. So even if you're hitting on 50% of it, you're still losing sometimes because it's going out the back door. And you, it's if you take too much risk, then too, you, you're leaving yourself open to too many ways to be defeated. So I think if you plug in, like you said, I, I think using an obvious chalk or two here and there can be useful in GPP as well. I will say I would never play Connor on two of three lineups last week. If you redid the week this week with the same exact scenario, the fact that I played him on one is an improvement for me. But yeah. you have to at least get that one lineup there where you have them in on and put it in some good money stuff. Um, what I like to do is take a bunch of the guys I'm fading. I was fading a little AJ Green. I didn't. I was a little underexposed to a couple guys. Put them all on the same fucking team. That way, if your other teams flop, like boom, you got the fucking all chalk team sitting there and carrying you through. But uh, for me personally, that was an absolute epitome ceiling game that we saw. That 38. I was looking at it, going, I'm obsessed with Fournette at 7100, and I'm going to go get 30 out of Fournette. I know that. So as long as Connor doesn't score 25 or 30, I'm going to have an advantage on the field. I'll make up that 10 points elsewhere. Unfortunately, he went for 38, and it changes it. But if Connor does what he's supposed to do and does, you know, 90 rushing yards and a touchdown, you know, and maybe two catches and scores 18, I didn't want to sacrifice a 30-point running back this week because I thought there was three or four of them, that Kamara, Fournette, guys like that that were going to get 30. Um, how long does one stay on Jeff Mann's naughty list? What's rapid fire? <laughs> oh, that's great. That's from the chat room with people that people somehow bitched, even though my core four was literally almost perfection, top quarterback, top receiver, uh, second best running back, and fourth best tight end. People still found a way to bitch because I had Derrick Henry in as a, a play this week as well. And he had a 62-yard run that was called back, touchdown run that was called back. And uh, and then didn't do much anything. Deion but, but if it wasn't on red zone, no one saw it. Yeah, exactly. If it wasn't on red zone or wasn't a box score, nobody saw it. So people bitched about it. So I started marking people down, put on a lot of list. I would say it lasts for about half a week. So three days. Okay. Just till you calm down a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. my, my naughty list. Tommy knows me. By the way, Tommy knows me very well. Right. He's like, he'll let me yell and scream. And then he's like, are you good? He's like, I'm like, yes. All right. I feel better. And he's like, all right. Then we just start talking like normal. <laughs> just get it out. Let it out. Let the poison Once out. every three months I have a meltdown. Yeah. 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 I had one happened. on me like a week ago. So it's okay. Yes. But my <laughs> naughty list, my naughty list is a little different. Mine is indefinitely until I get reminded. So once I block someone or put them on the fucking hit list, yeah. All it takes is Jeff to go, hey, can you unblock this guy? So if any of you are blocked by me and you want to be unblocked, you're all unblocked. Just let Jeff know, and he'll tell me. Uh, you fuck up again, you're going back on a list, and now you're going to have a long-term suspension. But sometimes – here's the thing I want to say. So, and I should say this on here. Some of you get blocked by me because I'm not a blocker. I'm not, I'll fucking brawl with you before I block you. But I have been blocking more people lately because you're getting smarter and you're trolling. Like, I'll post a tweet about – hey, we just hired this guy, like, congratulate him and welcome him. And someone will write, like, fuck your mother. So I'll block you. <laughs> or we'll write, hey, the new gambling package is live. And someone will write, I hope you're a fucking die of AIDS. And I'll block you because I don't want you as my Yelp reviews for whatever I'm promoting on that tweet. If you <laughs> yes. just come at me directly, I'm not going to block you. 
that. But if you're trying to go on a promotional tweet and write fucking shit about me, I'm just going to block you to take you off the damn thread. And then I'll forget to put you back on. So just ask Jeff and I'll usually put you back on. Um, should, we, should we consider moving our target score? We just went over that. Um, if you're playing between five to eight cash games, how many different lineups would you recommend, Jeffrey? Uh, five to eight cash games. I mean, I only use one. You can use two, but, man, I, I don't know. I, I think if you build the right one – listen, if you're an inexperienced player, building two is probably a better idea for you, at least till you get the hang of things and you really start seeing what is successful. Right. But if you're an experienced player – I don't see any reason you if you build a quality lineup of what we call a zero fat lineup, I don't see why you need to do much anything. Play one lineup, play it in multiple games, eight eight to ten contests is absolutely fantastic. And just play one. Because what will happen is you'll make that second lineup and everything you win with your main lineup will go out the door because you lose with your secondary lineups. So then you're right. you're spinning your wheels the whole time. I will say for me, for the five minutes of my life I did play cash and when I recommend people to do it. <laughs> I actually did you play last week, by the way? I did play a little bit. I, I swept cash games. Yeah, my main, I played my main GPP lineup. <laughs> so I didn't really build a cash lineup. I just I played my GPP lineup. Just put it in those contests, yeah. Yeah, but um, uh, I always like to do, if I'm, if I'm playing a lot of cash, <clears throat> then I would actually use the same exact lineup with like a two-off difference. So I'll like take out two guys that are maybe a little skeptical and change them with two other guys to keep the same 80% core. Um, I wouldn't go too too much, like Jeff said. If you're going to use two lineups, that's the way you should do it. As a Lions fan, is that a one-time Stafford accident? JBC is predictable now. Are the Lions dumpster fire to stack against? Um, yes, the Lions are fucking garbage football. They're terrible. I bet the Jets' money line last night and got shit on by everyone, especially when they were down 7 nothing, because the Lions are a fucking bad football team. And no, Stafford's not an accident or a one-time thing because we've seen that before. Do you not remember that Stafford used to be like the pick six king of America? He's great. I love him. He's super talented. But he's going to have those Stafford games every once in a while. So I don't change my view of Stafford at all one iota. I expect those to happen three or four times a year with him. It's going to be bad for Detroit. They're trying to implement a new scheme, new style. He, you know, Pitch, Matt Patricia worked them into the ground in summer – the players aren't used to that because Jim Caldwell was an absolute puss. So they, the players ruled that clubhouse, and it's a new day in Detroit, and they are not liking it. So he's going to have to overhaul this whole roster. Yeah. Uh, this one's a little messed up. It says, is Jordan Reed going to continue to see double-digit targets? But it was about the Rams. It's, it's Cook. Um, we already touched on that. Stacking QB with a wide receiver and a running back in cash. Mini stack, i.e. Breeze Kamara week one. Uh, yeah, I, I actually one if it's a fucking explosive team like the Saints playing at home where you know where the targets are going, 100% you can play Breeze Kamara. Like, yeah, because Kamara catches eight balls a game, so it's not, it's not. You're still getting the correlation there too. Um, what about this, Jeff? Was Hogan's productivity a fluke in Week One and min price defenses? I will go to my article here, and I will say that Hogan was one of my fades in the article. We talked about it earlier. And my fade was very simple. There didn't, wasn't much analytics needed. Do not play Hogan chalk. How many times do we need to get burned by playing Chris Hogan chalk? It's Bill Belichick across the board, and Chris Hogan is not an elite wide receiver. It, the statistics I gave in the article, Jeff, for Hogan were um, – where is it? I had it here. He literally had like – here it is. Uh, last year, Hogan had four games with five-plus catches and five games with two or less. Let's calm the fuck down, right? 
And I wrote, like, yes, there's more opportunity this year. There's no Cooks. There's no Edelman. But still, he's just not consistent. But what's your take on Hogan going forward? I mean, again, it's the Patriots. It's re- everything gets spread out with the Patriots, right? It's, there's, two, there's one known thing. It's Rob Gronkowski is going to get his. And then you never know what wide receiver or running back. And, and that included Braden Cooks last year. Cooks was the same. He was one of the healthy guys, but he was up and down. So in teams like that, invest in the quarterback, you know, yep. invest in the quarterback. Cause Tom Brady, Brady's going to get his numbers where they go. Who knows? Could change every week. It'll be, it'll be James White and Burkhead and Hogan and Dorsett and Cordero Patterson will jump in there. Then Edelman will be back. It's, it's Gronk and it's Brady. Everybody else are just sort of background players. I'll say as someone who has Hogan in a seasonal league, these first few weeks were the ones you really wanted to eat. So yeah, very, very disheartening to see him throw a dud up and kill you in one of the few weeks he's supposed to fall. Um, talk about areas to attack. Example, tight ends versus Cleveland. Same as last year or are things changing this year? I think it's too early, Jeff, to overanalyze the numbers that we've seen from week one, right? I think you can get in some trouble overanalyzing the numbers. You've been studying schemes and coaching yeah. changes and offseason moves. So – you're going to stick to yours, but I think anyone going in and looking at week one, like, oh, Team X got lit up by the tight end, that must be a thing. I usually wait about four weeks before I get into that. You got to. I mean, unless, there's, unless you can identify a schematic reason for them, then you identify they don't have safeties, the corners don't have speed. Like, there's certain things that we could point to and say, oh, yeah, that, you know, as long as teams do this, like this team, like Team X did they're going to have a degree of success. We could definitely say that, but it's too early to flip out just about numbers because there's always happenstance that factors in. All right, let's get these done in two minutes. Uh, thoughts on Chris Thompson's big game and Trey Burton's weak game. My thought, Chris Thompson had 10 touches. Like, I'm not going crazy because he did a ton with them because he always does. He's fucking – he's a freak. And Trey Burton, I'm not worried about, but it wasn't exciting. What about you? Tiny people scare me. <laughs> so but he's black, though. You only hate white people. This is true. I, I mean, I yeah, really – You hate small white people. So you I, should lot you more, have a problem. I like Thompson a lot more than Christian McCaffrey. No. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, he'll have big games. He'll have low games. It's just not repeatable. That's the biggest problem. In uh, for Washington, and then the what was the other one? Trey, Trey Burton. Oh, Trey Burton. I mean, I, I tweeted out at Jeff underscore Mans a while ago. Um, you guys could go through it. Mitch Trubisky had a wide open Trey Burton in yeah. the end zone. Yeah, yep. with that last drive for the Bears, they could have scored a touchdown. He was open by 15 yards wide in open. the end zone, didn't, didn't hit him. So I think it's more of a Trubisky problem than a Trey Burton problem, but it's gonna cause I, I was never, I was not that high on Trey Burton. To be honest with you, I mean, I just wasn't that into him. The Bears made a ton of new acquisitions on their offense, but only a couple of them can eat. And you're going to see Howard get his and Allen Robinson get his, and you're going to see Trubisky run a little bit, and everybody else will just be here and there. Uh, I'll answer this one for both of us. Thoughts on Fournette going forward, and should we look at Connor closer? We're looking at Connor so close our nose is in his asshole. We're in his asshole. Um, So, And that's not new. And then Fournette, I mean, it's just it is what it is. The dude's a fucking freak. He's a superstar. He's a top three back in the NFL if he's healthy. But every week you're going to – he's literally – here you go, Jeff. You ready for this? Yes. I just hit the nuts with 60 seconds left. Leonard Fournette is the Anthony Davis of football. True. Is that not dead on? Oh, it's dead on. And if one I other told thing- you you were going to get 200 carries out of Fournette this year and involvement – you'd literally be like, I'd draft him with the third pick. Yep. 
But you also might get 40 carries, and you might miss, leave every game and go to the locker room at the half. I'm just, what I told everybody in the preseason, same thing I say now, handcuff your running backs in fantasy football because mm-hmm. T.J. Yeldon came in. T.J. Yeldon sucks, but when you have a, that offensive That's line better. and that dedication to the run, he's going to produce. So this week in DFS, we're probably going to use Yeldon if, if Fournette's out. Right. Uh, good question here. Can we bank on consistent usage from players in week one um, going over to week two? Example, AP, you know, 30 touches. Um, I think it's the opposite, actually. I worry a lot about people like Jared Cook, like Adrian Peterson, who had explosive weeks early in the season. Because what, what DFS players fail to do is put themselves in the mind of the opposing coaches. Every coach that's playing the Raiders this week and playing the Redskins this week and all these teams where these guys went off, what do you think they're seeing on the film in the film room all day? Jared Cook, Jared Cook, Jared Cook, Jared Cook, AP, AP, AP. So they're grinding in the fucking heads of these players. We're going to shut these guys down. I think it's actually opposite where you worry a little bit when a guy had too much usage, Jeff. Yeah, and they had, they had 12 weeks to prepare for this game, folks. Right. So, I mean, this, yeah. all these game plans were really high. Right, and nuts. And yeah, so there's a lot that went into it. They only have you know, five, six days going forward each week. So you're going to see some differences. So I wouldn't read too much into it. I think we'll see how your split situations and platoon situations go, but don't overreact to week one, ladies and gentlemen. Right, exactly. Give me yes or no. One word answer. Uh, waiver wire ads. Quincy Anunua? Yes. Big time. I agree. Eckler? No. I'm agree with you. No. Lindsay? No. Yeah. It depends. No. I'm not excited about it. Geronimo Allison? Yes. I'm going big, big yes. Yeah. And then Buck Allen. No. Mm, yeah, if, if it's a really deep league, maybe. All right. So that's about it, Jeffrey. I think we got it done in under two hours. How long did we go? Well, that's pretty good. It, it's, I think we're only at an hour and 40 minutes, man. So this That's is, great for us. This is that's fantastic. fantastic for us. So get on over to guruelite.com, guys. Click the join button. Subscribe. Our gambling package, as we said earlier, off the fucking rails, off the chain. We're going to be doing a gambling uh, – podcast up at the end of the week too super contest picks all that you can go over there and sign up for our college football dfs package which we just launched that's the cheapest thing we have i think it's like fucking 69 bucks for the entire season the whole year Um, great opening week over there nfl dfs you guys just heard it we're absolutely fucking destroying it's not just me and jeff we got a whole team of people over there me jeff draft sheet mlb model magic sports guy uh, Jeff Collins, Benny, Vlad, Thad, fucking just keep going. The list keeps going. Ryan Clifford, there's so many fucking people over here that we have, not to mention the guru side. Um, and, yeah, get over there, sign up. We're fucking crushing the world. Anything else to say before we leave, Jeff? Uh, that's, about, that's about it, man. We're crushing the world. And uh, hashtag Elite Mafia, go get it. All right, good luck. Stay cashing, motherfucker. <laughs>